Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 38 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Cowboy Bebop and joining the Brain Scratch organization. Yeah, it's a really good organization. It, uh, is it? It's, it's kind of like this organization where they believe that cosmic entities came down from space and they took over your body. And then if you pay enough money and you go clear, then you can become a higher level and get special brain powers. Wait. So that's... Wait, wait, that might be a different cult. Hold on. That's, yeah. Is it the one where you drink the Kool-Aid? No. Wait. You're getting really... Let's just... Let's let's jump in. Welcome back to Cowboy (laughs) Bebop, everybody. I have to say that we're... 38 episodes and a special or two in, and I still never know what to do in that downtime where our music is playing in the recording, but not in real life. Between our intro and when we start talking, I'm like, who's going to speak first? What do we say? I just... uh, Somehow we've made it this far. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We're going to go ahead and we're going to jump in pretty quick, unless Blake has anything, um, because I'm really, really interested to talk uh, about this first episode, and uh, the second episode uh, is more emotional than the first episode, so I'm assuming we're going to spend some time with that. Yeah. But this first one has a lot of implications that I kind of want to deviate into more. Okay. So, um, do you I have, have anything else? Uh, just a tiny amount of fat to chew. Um, for sure. For time capsule fun, I'm just putting it out there that I am preparing to move across the country and it's crazy right now and uh that's what's going on in my life independent of that so i'm glad that we found time to sit down and record uh so that we'll have those while i am in transit and uh <laughs> about more about the episodes as they relate to the podcast um you may or may not know from the episode description we're covering the uh second to last pair of episodes so 23 and 24 today there's only going to be one more Cowboy Bebop episode from us covering the last two episodes of the show. That's going to be in four weeks, unless something goes horribly awry. And um, why you should care about that is, if you'll recall, we talked about this before, so I want to mention it again. We have to replace Cowboy Bebop in our rotation. So what do you want to see? Please vote on that. Um, there are social media channels that you can use to contact us. Um, at the end of the episode as part of our end credits, which we hope you listen to anyway so that you can hear our little blurbs at the end of the episode about what we're doing next week. But um, there is valuable information in there to contact us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Reddit, on Patreon. Um, so uh, I think we pro- we also have an email. I don't know if it's in our outro or not. Um, but you can contact us in all kinds of ways. Please reach out to us and let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about. Um, I will say if it's something that's not available on a streaming service, your vote will probably not count quite as much as other people who vote for things that are on streaming services. Um, and also if you are a Patreon member, your vote matters more. So if you would like to vote strong and you're not a Patreon member, please consider becoming one. But, uh, whether or not you are a Patreon member, please feel free to vote for whatever anime you would like us to watch. Um, all votes will be considered and, um, that's going to be relevant in, eight weeks from now but uh go ahead feel free to start voting we will tally those and that way we can plan because we do plan about four weeks ahead 
Um, yeah. Also relevant for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, if you want to see us continue it, please vote for that. If you don't want to see us continue it and you'd like us to replace it with something else, please let us know. We are open to your suggestions. Um, and uh, so we hope to hear from you guys, but definitely important as we come to the close of Bebop. So uh, feel free to start reaching out to us on what we should replace it with. Yeah. So far, I am being completely outvoted. It's it's a one to four uh, for JoJo's. That um, I pers- so. I don't want to sway the voting here, but I personally would like to continue watching JoJo's. So uh, yeah, if you, you agree are with one me, of the, you're one of the four votes. Good. <laughs> I if am you agree the, with me, the single. Speak up. <laughs> I am the single nay vote at this time. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, so I have been promised that that show gets better. <laughs> I think it. I think it will. It's one of the reasons why I want to keep watching it. Um, We're gonna go to college next with JoJo, apparently, <laughs> because it gets better. <laughs> so uh, that's all my business. Do you have anything? No, not really. I cool. just want to go ahead and jump in. Um, so uh, with Cowboy Bebop, these next two episodes, um, the the big things that you need to know are the characters. Um, so we have uh, Faye. Um, who is a major, major component of the first episode and second episode. Um, she is a bounty hunter that is uh, constantly um, looking to clear her debts from her past. Um, she's kind of just a grifter, um, but she's sometimes a crew member of the Bebop. Not always, though. Sometimes she's just kind of, like, fucking off somewhere. Yeah, she spends um, most of the show as a a crew member who kind of comes and goes as she pleases and flirts yeah. with the idea of no longer being a crew member, but always finds her way back. Yeah. And the big thing to know about this, uh, especially as it relates to these episodes, number one, she has a lot of debt that's in her past. And number two, um, she is, is really, really kind of like wash wishwashy on her memory. Um, she doesn't know exactly what happened and she doesn't know exactly how her past, uh, what happened in her past. Yeah. Um, and we're going to find out all about that in episode two. We um, do. Then we know, have, as the audience, we do know that she was cryogenically frozen. Um, oh, yeah. Some time ago. So she, she is sort of a woman out of time. And um, after that, after being unfrozen, she didn't really have any memories of her past. Um, she has un- uncovered a video of her past, but she didn't really remember it. Um, other yeah. crew member um, that's major for this episode. Are you, are we done with Faye, or did you have more to say on her? No, that's it for Faye. Um, okay, I'll let you talk one, about. I'm assuming you're as Ed. Uh, I'll let you talk about Ed because you like Ed more than me. I think I, I like I Ed, do but like I Ed. Spencer just has a <laughs> particular enthusiasm for Ed that I don't want to step on. Here. Ed Ed is my second favorite character on the show. Um, After I'm, I'm, I'm obviously. Wish back and forth. No, I, my favorite character on on the show by far is Spike. Um, I gotta say though, there Ed are tears and, in this episode, and the or in the in the second episode we're covering today, twenty four, and the biggest cry moment is with Ayn for sure. Yeah, it's there's a lot of stuff. Um, but Ed is a uh, superpower, well, not superpowered, but super smart hacker. Um, she is from Earth. Uh, she has a kind of a dubious past. Uh, you don't really know where she came from, she what she like did beforehand, or something. But- but yeah, like but 12. she definitely was a hacker that did bad things, and uh, but mostly just for fun value. Right. So it's not it's not she's like not she's evil. Criminal. She's, she's just just have it. She's weird. just a kid. Yeah, <laughs> really. 
Yeah. Um, there's Jet, who is a formal po- former police officer. Um, he is uh, the main crew member with Spike Spiegel. Spike Spiegel is our lead uh, protagonist inside of the show. Um, most of the stuff inside of the show is all about him and his uh, his. I don't know, connections with other people inside of this world. Great. Like, uh, I think there's like six or seven episodes that are about like Spike's past, whereas the other characters have like one each. <laughs> so maybe, maybe like anyways. three each, but definitely second maybe. Um So we're yeah. going to, like I think we mentioned already, we're covering episodes 23 and 24 today. So we'll start with 23, which is called Brain Scratch. Um, I am a appalled at you right now that you did not do any background for ein are you insane ein is a corgi and the best character <laughs> he's I mean, also a data dog which that's is actually very super relevant yeah that's that is on me i have never really mentioned that except in jest because it it's actually never really been relevant ein is clearly uh toying with sentience in a way like he he's really clued into what's going on around him in a way that a, a normal dog would most likely not be but in pretty mm-hmm. minor ways with the exception of this episode in which case he is a major player um which i love because he's obviously the best character because he's a dog and dogs are better than people at all times so yeah anyways so the first episode is episode uh 23 it's called brain scratch and there is a super sweet opening to this episode that i had forgotten about yeah um, which is okay so we open on the episode and it's just like um this kind of like uh i don't know how to put it it's like the music that you would hear when you went inside of like a massage parlor or something yeah Um, or like maybe a yoga studio but i don't do a lot of that so i can't really confirm yeah and so over the like over the video there's like these some of this weird imagery with like human bodies and human brains and these big eyes that appear on the screen and this weird face of this guy that has like kind of like looks like a hole in his head and he is telling you all about his whole religion one of those you know like how like i think hindi people have um will sometimes wear like a red dot on their forehead i i really don't know why they do that so i pre-apologize if i'm saying this in a way that's offensive uh i hope not yeah but um that is a relatively common sort of like eastern um look and he's kind of rocking that yeah and he is telling you all about his new space religion where you give up your body and your mind and uh upload yourself into the internet psyche yeah this is basically Um, ghost in the shell yeah kind of um so what he is uh he's telling you to do is this um then it starts to flip through different channels as if that is one channel for like a commercial and that takes me into my first point of deviation okay there is this new commercial for scientology that is coming up on youtube all the time and i'm like can I not ever see this ever again? Here's what concerns me. You have, for some reason, been ad-targeted for Scientology. So and I think it's what because I've watched... Me? So I think it's because on my playlist of things that I watch that are really funny is the the SNL skit where they make fun of Scientology's music okay. video. So they gotcha. And it's called... It's one of my favorite music videos of all time. Um... 
And then I've also like gone down the rabbit hole a couple of times about people that have escaped from this like cult. Um, and I've, I've just like, it's fascinating to like read about these people that have like, you know, had their entire lives completely crashed and rocked by this. It really, this is, it's madness. This is what they talk about in this. Yeah. They talk about it in this episode. I don't want to like, on the show, I don't want to like really get into religion too much. I have some pretty strong opinions, and um, that's not what the show is about. But Scientology is dumb. Like, yeah, it's it's a cult. <laughs> it's a cult. Um, you can you can call it a, re- a religion, but it's a cult. It's not good. There's tons of evidence that it's not good. It was created on accident by a science fiction writer within like our not our our personally, but like within the lifespan of people who are currently alive, like it's total nuts. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're dealing with in this episode. <laughs> yes. And so in, in they this, also, she is uh, definitely this... not watching Netflix. So I don't know who fucking has cable in the future, but they, they do. Absolutely. Well, also it's not her watching TV. It is spike. Um, oh, right. So Sorry. They, I just, I they're was looking flipping at through. They're flipping through channels and like seeing all these different things. Uh, some of them are great, uh, great representations of terrible news stations that we have like right now, yeah. where people are just like being obnoxious to people that are talking about real problems. That one where this girl is has her like face blurred out and she's like, I want to tell you about like my son. He's disappeared and he's not come home. I just want to figure out what I should do. And they're like, oh, maybe you should tell your husband that this uh-huh. is happening. And they're, I was just like, you fucking dicks. <laughs> it's also, it's interesting. They don't completely touch on this, but it. I get the impression that brain scratch is kind of a sensationalized topic at the time that this episode is taking place. Because it is on most, but not all stations being talked about. And then super weirdly, there's like, so there's like brain scratch commercials and shit that are like, we're great. You can become immortal by like uploading your mind to the internet. And then like most of the news reports and stories and like, there's like a Jerry Springer style thing on there as well. And they're, they're basically all like somebody is missing or somebody has killed themselves because of this religion. And then the last one they watch is a commercial clearly marketed at children for like a virtual reality headset that, as we saw earlier, is a part of the Brain Scratch organization. Yeah, I know. It's fucking crazy. It's insane. And also like way too believable. (laughs) And so they we sort of end the television surfing session and we see at the very end bit of it, they are doing like a, an interview, I guess a live interview with members of the brain scratch cult. And Faye is one of them. And yeah, she says something about like, she's trying to like start over or escape her problems or whatever. So she's basically like joined this organization to run from debt is what we is that that's the impression that we get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Faye is um, 
Um, Faye, we next see, like, we, we see Spike first, and he's like, oh, Faye is obviously trying to figure out this person, um, and we don't know why, um, this is where she's been for a while, I guess, and then they find out that the person that's leading the cult has this huge bounty on his head, and Spike is immediately just like, oh, that's what it fucking is. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, meanwhile, Ed is, uh, is tasked with breaking into this brain scratch organization. And throughout the episode, you are going to see Ed getting, getting completely, completely pwned by this, uh, this, this, uh, I yeah. guess it's the security. I can't really talk whatever. about what it is. They always um, do like a stylized internet stopped. security. They, she, he, Ed is doing movie hacking, which is where you have some sort of visual representation uh, like if you've seen Jurassic Park, if you honestly, let's stop. If you haven't seen Jurassic Park, stop it. Go watch it. It is a classic film for a reason. And it's also available on streaming services. Like genuinely no excuse. Stop what you're doing. Go watch it. Even if you have seen it, that might be a good idea. Jurassic Park. It's a great film. But Anyways. at the end um, of Jurassic Park, there's a sequence where they're like doing, it's not hacking exactly, but they're like turning back on the um the park systems using the computer and there's like this hilariously dated like visual representation of her clicking it and it looks like an old video game instead of like an actual system that you would use if you're trying to run a high-tech park containing dinosaurs where she's like clicking on things and it sort of zooms in and like so what i'm getting at is that there's a, a sort of highly stylized visual representation of ed doing hacking and we have seen her hack many times it's basically the the only way that she contributes almost at all to their adventures. And she has been shown to be an adept hacker. Um, she's not the kind that's so crazy good. She always gets in on the first try, but she usually gets in pretty quickly. And in this episode, we're going to see her continue to try and continue to fail. Yeah. And she's using a lot of, she's, she usually resorts to using basically brute force uh-huh. um, through hacking to get in. It's so adorable. Um, so, the sweet next thing that happens is it's Faye, and she is, like, wandering through this, uh, this, like, weird facility, and there's, like, a body on the ground, and she, like, kicks it, and she's like, ah. And <laughs> she, like, steps over it. Definitely and then unconscious, she's, like, maybe dead. Yeah. She, like, steps over it, and then goes into this room, and you see, like, you hear, like, a TV turn on, and then we get, like, a call from Faye to the Bebop, and she is telling them, she's just like, I figured it out. Everything's fine. I'm finally going to get out of my debts. And then she, like, leaves the phone call. And you're like, oh, shit, something happened to Faye. <laughs> yeah. And then we see her get drugged. Um, I I thought that sort maybe of, I this room was set up to, like, pump gas or whatever. But what I think it is, it's like... A, a frequency that causes people to fall unconscious is it must be what yeah. happens. So there's like a giant sort of like wall of tell. It's not a wall. It's like a it's like a mountain made out of televisions. It's not that big, but uh, mm-hmm. it, they all sort of turn on. And you, I don't know if you see this just yet, but if not, we will eventually see that they turn on and reveal the the face of the guy who's in charge of Brain Scratch, and he causes Faye to fall unconscious. Um, yeah, and. And then we see um, Jet uh, in a great scene where he is waiting in line to try to get one of the VR headsets uh-huh. uh, that uh, people are getting, like, abducted through. Um, and then you see, like, Spike is just like, I'm, I'm gonna just going to see if I can find out what's going on. He's hitting and the he streets. just leaves them. 
Yeah. He's he's just kind of like zooming around talking to people and there's there's it's a so lot great. of really great scenes inside of here where you have like these cultists that are like, "Yeah, do you want to join this organization?" and he's just like, "Uh, can I ask you about this?" and they're just like, "Well, if you don't want to join, don't talk to us." <laughs> or like, well, he's like, "Oh, can I I would love to join, but like first I'd like to speak to your your leader." And do you he asks like one of them like do you know where he is and they're like yeah i do and he's like oh cool where is he and they're like he's in heaven and i'm like you guys (laughs) (laughs) then um we get uh one of the most tragic things in the series which is that big shot which is a television show that comes on with a western theme Oh yeah! Show I forgot us that was this episode. <laughs> uh, so the, it shows us different bounties, um, and that's pretty much where we learn about our bounties almost every episode. And they come on and teach us about the bounty on the brain scratch guy's head, and then they're like, "We've been canned." And what's great about it is the Hispanic guy is like, "We're we've been canceled. We found out about it just recently." But the like blonde lady host w- did not know, and she starts to like have a meltdown on the screen before they turn it off. And it's great. Um, yeah. And she's like, my agent is going to hear about this yes! and her kind of like put on accent that she always does. is uh-huh. just completely gone. Yeah. <laughs> they, another, uh, external note. We mentioned this in last cowboy bebop episode, but the, um, the movie that we watch big shot is still on the air. And so you can watch the movie in, in between almost any episodes, but most people put it right before episode 23 because it is the movie is kind of a climactic feel to it and Big Shot is still on the air. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, from here we have a couple of quick scenes. The first one is uh, Jet putting on the headset and then Ed trying to hack in while he has the headset on. Um, the headset starts to play this opening thing that brings them into this cult thing. Which is unclear it, if that's, like, the startup message or if they, like, went there. And I'm concerned if this is the startup message. Yeah, it happens pretty quickly. Uh-huh. Ayn is very upset the entire time that, like, sound starts to play. And he bites into Jet's leg right as Jet is, like, passing out from the sound that's coming through. Yeah, there's um, some sort of uh, imperceptible noise that essentially shuts down his nervous system so he's paralyzed. And and yeah. Ayn, the best character of the show, realizes this and bites his leg to snap him out of it. Yeah. And then we have uh, one of the sickest scenes with Ayn. Ayn uh, really gets to do something so cool. cool. Um, where uh, Ed is still trying to hack it, but they put it onto a dog's head so that they can see like if it affects everything or if it just affects humans. Um, and Ed is trying to hack, but instead, Ayn hacks much, much faster Using than Ed can. And he breaks completely into this person's database and finds out exactly what's happening on this. Just Number one. Like it's nothing. The le- yeah. And and the thing that uh, was told to me afterwards about this, where they talk about like what a data dog is, and is apparently a data dog is a um, it's a set of these like different um, key locking systems and hacking systems that they drop into a living things like um like a memory bank instead of a living thing. Uh And then it can be accessed uh, by either taking the animal's brain out or connecting it to an interface system. So this is perfect for Ayn because he's connected to this interface system and he can just immediately completely hack into the system. So they, 
it, in <laughs> one, once they've hacked, they re, re, discover a couple of surprising things. One, we have been under the impression that Brain Scratch has been around for a while. Turns out it came out of nowhere a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months ago. The yep. other shocking thing is that the cult leader, his name is Londes, or Londes, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, but the, the important thing is he doesn't actually exist and never has, which is strange mm-hmm. because they did a lot of research on him earlier and they found out all kinds of things about his history. And weirdly enough, they actually went to a, a, like an elderly guy's house who supposedly like was in the military with him or went to school with him or something and had a picture of him. So I'm, they mm-hmm. don't explain that. I don't know how they manage that. Maybe they just picked a picture of this, of a guy that was for real, but then sort of fudged some of the other information. But anyway, um, yeah. this guy does not exist. And all of the records sort of underlying this fake person point back to a specific place, which is a hospice building. So yeah. Jet and Ed are going to go check out the hospice building. Yeah. Meanwhile, Spike is uh, at a different location where he knows Faye is, um, and he is going to try to con- uh, like confront Londis. He starts having this long conversation while Londis is starting to like use the sound thing to knock him out. Um, Spike, in a normal Spike fashion, just tries to shoot the TVs. Basically, if Spike can't fight his way out, he's going to try to shoot his way out. Yeah. And then talk is a very like far third option. Um, so he is just shooting the TVs and then starts talking to Lannis and he starts to like insult him. Um, at the same time, Jet and Ed are playing dress up. They're um, playing the best and- con ever and it's charming <laughs> as fuck. So Ed is uh, playing a young child that wants to see uh, wants to see her twin for the last time or her brother, whatever her, it is. I think for it's the last like her time. cousin or something, whatever. So they they know yeah. sort of they have a name and they're they're there to visit somebody specifically. And Ed and Jet are playing family members. Yeah, and uh, Jet tells this apparently heart wrenching story about all of these terrible things that happened to Ed in her past, and she needs to see this person one last time before they die. And like Ed is just says the same three things over and over again, but Jet is so convincing that by the end of it, the guy behind the counter is just like holding back his tears, and he's just uh-huh. like, "You just go in." <laughs> it's so great. So they they've infiltrated the hospice. Spike is is struggling to stay awake, but he's kind of won a little bit of ground by shaking. Um, well, I guess Londis starts to sort of pontificate a little bit, and his his whole thing is essentially that um, television is humanity's worst invention and has basically been elevated to a type of religion with the way that people are yeah. so devoted to it, which I thought was a really interesting and, and kind of valid point. Um, and also slightly ironic to be included in a television show, but, uh, yeah, definitely enjoyed that anyways. Spike, um, snaps back that Londis is just a kid who can't tell fantasy from reality. And Londis is shocked by him saying this because Londis is just a kid. Yeah, and Jet and uh, and Ed have made it into the room with this kid that has been in a coma for two years, and apparently he was a hacker that got hurt and got knocked into a coma, and so um, Jet and Ed 
are like, we're going to take him completely offline from the Uh. main internet, but keep his like, um, vitals running. And as this is happening, there's a really upsetting part where Londis is still talking to Spike, but he's starting to tell that he's being taken offline and it's starting to like break down further and further and further. And it's this whole moment where it's just like, no, everybody should be like me. If I'm going to be, have to be this way, everybody should be in the same thing as me. I can't lose this. I can't lose everything. And then he's taken offline. It is. It's a, it's sad. It's upsetting. <laughs> it, yeah. So he he's in a coma, and basically they have. I don't want to say that they've killed him because I think that might be a little extreme, but they've cut him off. He he found a way to still exist and still interact in his coma, and that was through hacking into the internet mentally. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately he kind of went supervillain and started creating a, a fake cult that was causing people to kill themselves. And it's not clear if he was genuinely trying to get people to upload themselves onto the internet. I do kind of get that impression. And I think that them vanishing and dying is an unfortunate side effect of that not going as planned. But yeah, truth is that's what was happening and so they had to lock him out in order to protect everyone else from this like dangerous person who was purposefully or not killing people and it's it's so sad because he's just this child who's alone and now he's been walled off from everything and that's it that's the end of the episode so the next episode is episode 24 and it's called hard luck woman Oof. And we're going to learn uh, some things about Faye and uh. also Ed. Um, the first thing that's happening is that Faye is watching this home movie over and over again, apparently, that, like, it's it's upsetting. Um, and Ed sees this while sleepwalking into her room, and she's like, Waterfall? I know the waterfall. And Faye's like, what? You know where this is? Take me to this. And so she like hijacks the 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 bebop and lands it on Earth um, to find out if like Ed really knows where it's going. And like one of the next scenes is is like uh, Faye being like Ed, if you take me to this place, you'll get something special. And she's like, "What is it?" And she's like, "It's special." And Ed's like, "I want it then." Uh-huh. <laughs> and then they zoom out to show that Ed is tied with like ropes. To the <laughs> hood of the spaceship that, that Faye is flying through it's in the atmosphere, so she's not, like, suffocating. But, like, it is hysterical, and Ed's just like, wee! <laughs> <laughs> I love it so, so much. Um, at the same time, uh, we see a uh, this weird, like, little truck thing with, like, six wheels driving over the top of the Earth. And just kind of like driving, uh, driving like back and forth. That's a little bit of foreshadowing what's going to happen later. Meanwhile, Jet and Spike are pissed because they're like, what? They hijacked our ship and then just left. Okay. When they get back, they have some explaining to do. Uh huh. You know, like they're like Ricky says, and I love They're mad and they are basically not allowed to participate in this episode except for mild comedic relief. So Ed leads Faye to something but it doesn't turn out to be the fountain that she saw in the video instead it's like a a uh a water pail 
And she's like, I found at the fountain. And Faye's like, for real. And then they get surrounded (laughs) by um, all these children who recognize Ed. And And they are obnoxious. (laughs) Yeah, they are. And one of the girls wants to take the fingernails (laughs) off of Faye's hand because she's collecting them. And it's horrible. But luckily, a nun with a hose appears. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she sprays away the children. Um, Faye uh, is <laughs> taken so is taken weird. in, and Faye, Faye and Ed are taken in because she recognizes Ed, and she's like, "Oh, I took Ed in a long time ago. Um, she was really hard to handle, and just kind of she wandered in like a stray cat, and then wandered back out of our lives, and we yeah. just kind of accepted that she it showed happened. up five years ago randomly. She made herself at home, yeah. and then three years ago randomly she vanished." Yeah, and uh, and then while Faye is just like, fuck, I didn't find anything, she's kind of just wandering and looking at, like, the, you also, know, the wreckage of Earth. They have what they have dinner with the, the nun and the children, and Faye's like, Ed brought me here. She was supposed to show me where, where this fountain was, but I guess she doesn't know where it is. And Ed's like, no, I know where it is. I just brought you here so we could eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. About that. It's so great. Well, so, so they get taken up to this. Uh, they get taken up to this like wreckage of this city, uh, or like this previous place that was there. Wait, and you're missing a woman a in a huge wheel- part. While they're still wait, wait. and while they're still with the nun, the nun turns to Ed and she goes, "Hey, I've got something for you uh, over there in that drawer." I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ed runs over to this drawer and opens it and pulls out a few things that are not the thing because Ed is just excited about everything and everything looks awesome to her. And she eventually pulls out this, like, it's basically like a folded up iPad and she opens it and there's a projected holographic image of a man who actually is the man that we've cut to once or twice periodically through the show. He seems to be some sort of archaeologist or something. And mm-hmm. he is Ed's father. And the nun explains yeah. that he came by the orphanage about two months prior looking for Ed and that he had actually been looking for her for about seven years. And also she manages to throw in that he's been looking for her since he realized that he forgot he had a kid that he left in an orphanage, which like not going to win father of the year. Right, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but from who Ed is, you can kind of figure out that her father is probably a weirdo too. And the next scene, one of the next scenes is Ed's father talking to this guy that he's with and he keeps on forgetting his name and it's pretty obnoxious. He's also uh, breaking eggs with his pointer finger and then drinking the eggs. And then he says one of the grossest things, which is sucking eggs will make you stronger. Um, and when I heard that, I was like, that's gross. <laughs> that's, um, he, it's also kind of an upsetting thought that I had during this scene. So, like, he has this rapport with his assistant guy where he doesn't remember his name. And the assistant's like, why can't you get my name right? And he's like, yeah, it's not important. I don't remember unimportant things. And, like, we just found out that you forgot you had a daughter that you left in an orphanage. <laughs> So I'm not sure if this guy's character trait is that he's forgetful or that he deprioritizes things that are actually pretty important. But neither of these things is great. And um, so anyway, Faye, in the meantime, God, this scene. So she 
sort of off screen has been taken to the statue from the video. And I guess Ed took her there and then ran off to do whatever Ed's doing. So she's standing there looking at it and kind of having quick flashes of memories that we we recognize as being from or similar to the video that we've seen a couple of times in the series. Man, the moon one is crazy. There's oh, like yeah. one of the, it's it shows the moon and it's just like a, for a quick second it's normal and then it breaks like it's a pane of glass. Yeah, it's just like you're cracks looking to, through a, a pane of glass or in a mirror that has suddenly shattered and now the moon is kind of like all you know it's like not quite connected with itself because each pain is sort of reflecting a different angle or whatever you, you get what i'm saying and there's these these cracks through it and it's really artistic and then we sort of find out what went on a, in a, a few minutes so um faye's standing there and then an older woman's voice from off screen is like faye is that you and this woman in a wheelchair rolls up to her this very old elderly woman and she introduces herself as sally young which i thought was cute because she's like when she was young and that's her last name anyway so sally is a girl who was from Faye's graduating high school class and talks just a little bit about Faye's past including being like well we didn't see you since the accident and Faye's like there was an accident but she keeps having these flashback memories and then this really gets to me before they're sort of interrupted sally's like oh uh she sort of makes a joke about faye being a ghost because they're i guess there's like a local superstition that ghosts frequent this area um and then they're interrupted by sally's young granddaughter who who runs up and is like oh i'm sorry i didn't see you guys talking um who are you and faye thinks for a second and she goes i'm just a ghost and it's like, ugh, it just pulls at my heartstrings. Anyways. Um, so. <laughs> God, you uh, cannot sit there and not be emotionally affected by this, Spencer. It's all right. It's Anyways, so tragic. Um, uh, they go back to the bebop and Ed shows Ayn the message from her dad. Um, and we also find out that her Ed's dad has a big, uh, bounty on his head. It's like and, five or uh, 50 million. His, it's huge. Yeah. And his name is Apple Deli. Yeah. Um, Cause why not? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, there's this cool his scene. His name should with, have like, been Faye. egg suck. <laughs> <laughs> Then we have this cool scene where Faye is like starting to have a lot of flashbacks while she's in the shower and realizing the shower part's that she's kind of irrelevant, but that's where she is. Yeah, she has it's safe she for has work. flashbacks to um to an accident when she was on a sped, spaceship. Oh god. Um, and then Faye wants to go out. Uh, Ed asks her where she's going. Well, this is, she is I don't want to brush over this. It's this is she remembers the accident that put her on ice. This oh, yeah. she was in a spaceship that looks like it was a commercial flight of some kind, either, um, either, uh, you know, a flight that goes out of the atmosphere to to travel. It's sort of like I don't know. It's like a jump flight or something like this. Is a concept that basically, instead of an airplane that goes up high and kind of straight over, you sort of like get into a rocket ship essentially that goes up straight, and then once you're in the atmosphere. You don't have wind resistance and you do have the rotation of the earth and you're able to get like much farther, much faster. And then you just drop back down. So it might be mm -hmm. one of those. It might be an expedition from earth to somewhere else. But regardless, 
they are entering the atmosphere and then you see the side of the ship explode and then it shows us the same image of the moon and then it shatters again and it's like we yeah. realize that this is either exactly or a slightly stylized version of what Faye saw when the accident essentially killed her for the better part of a century i don't remember how long exactly she's been she's been out of it but it's it is what caused her to go unconscious be cryogenically frozen and lose her memories yeah and she is wanting to she wants to leave the ship um because she she finally remembers like where yeah she wants to leave the bebop because she's like i finally remember where i'm supposed to be um and and she tells uh, ed you have somewhere where you belong as well and you should seek that place because that's the most important thing there is. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be yeah. a really important in Ed's character journey. So yeah. Jet and Spike have decided to rejoin the plot and they've gone to apprehend Apple Deli. And App- Apple Deli also, um, he something we don't know until this point is that apple deli is a uh, kind of a big guy but he's also apparently like a master fighter not to um, be fucked with because at all spike like tries to fight him into submission and then is just immediately beaten he's i like, would say that spike is- has been almost unequivocally proven to be the best fighter in the series um, yeah, other than uh, people that have basically magic powers is the only person that's been able to like uh-huh. truly beat him when he's not hurt. And then almost ma- matched with the guy from the movie. But yeah. we have never seen Spike lose a fist fight without some sort of major handicap. And here he is at full capacity and he is beaten like a child. Yeah. And we find out also what Apple Deli is doing. He is trying to make a comprehensive map of the Earth. However... Every time there is a piece of debris that slams into the earth, they basically have to, you know, rewrite part of it. Yeah. So that's why they keep running off like crazy people every time a meteor comes down, which happens all the time. Because if you don't remember from previous episodes of our show or of Cowboy Bebop, the, the earth is largely uninhabited because the moon exploded years ago when one of the gates blew up, the gates being things that allow for faster than light travel and it exploded, took out a huge chunk of the moon. And now there are meteor showers that are super dangerous on earth all the time. And they're basically chunks of the moon falling to the earth and crashing there. So this happens constantly. You want to know something like super sweet about the newest star Wars movie? I do. Okay. Um, one of the inspirations behind uh, the, if you haven't seen the newest Star Wars movie, number one, where the fuck have you been? Yeah. Number two, uh, you can skip ahead just a little bit because I'm going to be giving away something that's a really cool moment in it. And it's at um, the end, so and, it's a definite spoiler. Yeah, I know what you're, so, you're going to uh, say. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's uh, part of that sequence was inspired by the... Um, what they are talking about inside of this, which is if you were to connect two wormholes and then release something on the other side of the wormhole and it was it was ripped back into reality too fast, that's what happened to the moon. So the gate crisis was when um, it was basically like uh, a freighter was ripped through one of the spe- uh, the gates and it was spit out too fast so and it slammed into the moon they- and ripped it. They messed with reality, and it sort of rubber-banded back in place and caused a huge explosion. 
Yeah, and it ripped through the side of the moon. I and gotta say, instead of being like, this is something we shouldn't do again, they just were like, okay, cool, I guess we'll use that all the time. <laughs> Honestly, they got a giant explosion that made the Earth basically uninhabitable. The other option for what could have happened is Cloverfield Paradox, so theirs was the better option. Yeah, Cloverfield Paradox is... Uh, Fucking we can talk about this some other time. sucked. That's yeah, my yeah, review. It's... Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, we have a couple of quick things that we find out after this. Um, number one, um, Faye has returned to her childhood home. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's is... more scene with Apple Deli. Apple I was Deli... talk about that. Uh, I thought you have that in the wrong order for some reason. I was looking at the uh-uh, notes. No, these are like, all the same scenes. I scene. thought the thing with Faye happened first. Anyways. No. Um, you're talking about where Ed comes over and Ed finds out <laughs> that Apple Deli is there. And then he's yeah. like... You're Ed, my daughter. It was Francois? Francoise, yeah. <laughs> and so Ed basically drives the Bebop up onto the beach right to Apple Deli's face and then leaps from the top of it into his arms after he's like, you're Francoise! And she goes, Daddy! And just fucking swan dives into his arms. And then yeah. we find out that the bounty on Apple Deli's head was placed by Ed. Basically, you can infer that she was trying to trick Spike, Spike and Jet into finding him for her. And it turns out that it's not fifty million; it's fifty with a with way too many fucking zeros. <laughs> and she just like it's a decimal place and not a comma, and she just managed to get it to display that way so that she could manipulate them. And it's hilarious. Then Apple yeah. Deli is like, "You're my daughter. Do you want to come with me on my expedition? It's going to be like a little dangerous and a little." You know, we're kind of kind of be all over the place, but I would love to have you along. And she kind of dithers for a second, and then a meteor falls, and they immediately rush away to follow the meteor and leave her there. Yeah, um, she, Faye, now um, <laughs> is uh, going to find her childhood home. Um, she finds uh, a complete like rubble area God. where her her home has been. It's so affecting because you see her walking up to it mostly from her memories, which are bright sunshine and the the home is intact. And she actually walks up and opens the doors of her memory and then the screen goes white and then you see that she's just standing in front of nothing. And it's just, God, it's so, it gets me so bad. Yeah. And, and we also find, she has a moment near the, the end of her story basically is right here except for the fact that she goes into where her room used to be and she draws a box in the sand and she sits down in it. And you don't know if she goes back to the Bebop or not. We'll find out about that in the next episode. The other thing that happened, I will let you talk about because it's a, uh, it's a, it's a touching moment with Ed it is... um, and also a dog. Uh huh. <laughs> so the end of this episode is Ed. She, she it's kind of done in an almost a montage form because there's a song playing over it um and ed kind of rises up over spike's shoulder and gives him a pinwheel which we've seen be associated with her before she plays with pinwheels from time to time they're they pop up in relation to her as a character relatively frequently throughout the series and so she gives spike a pinwheel and then I without really telling anybody what she's doing, she leaves the bebop and she's walking by herself. I think she has maybe a small backpack on her back and she's kind of carrying the computer they've been using, um, which I think was hers to begin with. 
on her head, and mm-hmm. she's just walking off um, across the desert landscape with the sun setting behind her. And Ein looks around and realizes that she's left and runs out of the ship. And he's running off in the direction that she went. And then he stops and turns around and looks at the ship for a second and then starts to walk back to it and then stops and turns around and runs off after Ed. And it's so touching because you can see that like Ayn cares for them and, and wants to be with everybody, but they're splitting up and he's got to make a decision. So he goes to Ed and Ed is walking away and is like, no, Ayn, you can't come with me. Like I'm going on a trip. It's going to be dangerous. And Ayn just kind of stares at him. And then she's like, I mean, do you want to come with me? Is that what you want? And Ayn barks and then they're together and they walk off into the sunset on the ship. Jet has been cooking dinner and he calls, he's like, dinner's ready. And then you see him look into a couple of rooms and they're just quiet and empty and no one is there. And we get a shot of Spike in um, in an area of the ship that we've seen him standing in before. He's smoking and being contemplative, and that's what he does in this space. So I kind of got the impression that he realized that they've been left, and it's for good this time. And yeah. they're they're frustrated, and they there's a scene of them eating dinner alone. And one of the final things you see inside of it is the pinwheel attached to the front of the ship. And it says, see you, cowgirl, someday, somewhere. And uh, it's sad. Sad. (laughs) We're not going to, unless there's a cutaway in the last two episodes that I don't remember, we are not going to see Ed again. And we're not going to see Ayn again. And that's their story. They have exited the show and it is really, really bittersweet. Yeah, but it's a great show. Yeah, um, and also this so, episode is all about people leaving. And I watched it today during lunch on my last lunch at my job. And I was like, I'm not <laughs> going to cry. I can get through this. <laughs> so uh, that was great. And um, and these episodes are incredible. They're so good. And I mean, if you've listened to our show before, you know that that's our opinion on pretty much every moment of Cowboy Bebop. But these are these are really great. And they're also... Especially episode 24 is very emotionally cathartic. It's, um, it, it might be the episode that stands out to me the most, um, as having affected me the most when I think about Cowboy Bebop in conjunction with the one where they find the videotapes of Faze Past. Cause those are, I think the yeah. most emotionally affecting, um, for me. Cool. Well, stick with us. Um, after the credits, we're going to give you a, uh, sneak peek into the next episode. Yeah, reminder, if you want to vote on the show to replace Cowboy Bebop, please do that. Use the information in the credits to do so, and we'll tell you what to expect next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level 5 sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free, and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at BNS Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. 
Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. We're opening up the gates of our chakras and getting this sand out of here. Oh, God. That sounds way (laughs) grosser than I think you meant it to. (laughs) No, I meant it how I meant it. Oh, God. (laughs) 